Hi everyone, welcome back to Walk With Bex. I'm back in the studio with another special guest to interview today and this is a really special one. He is the third youngest bodybuilder to turn pro, the second most classic physique wins, the most wins for best poser, the most Arnold titles and the most runner-ups at the Olympia. And most recently has just won the Dubai Pro Show and qualified for this year's Olympia. My guest today is none other than Terence Ruffin, aka Ruff Diesel. Hey, I like the introduction. Did I get it all right? <laughs> yeah, all those first though are like barely first. <laughs> like one more, one more win from somebody and they could be tired, you know. Well, yeah. you're on prep for peak week number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have another one in the cards potentially. But thank you so much for joining me today. I understand that your schedule's very tight, busy. You've been in Dubai a few weeks now, obviously preparing for the Dubai Muscle Show, and you're on peak week now for the Legion Sports Festival in Nevada, which you're literally flying out for in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate you taking the time to be here, and I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. So let's start first with all of those mega achievements, all achieved before the age of 30, correct? Correct. Yeah, I like to point that out because I turned 30 <laughs> in like three weeks. But no way. So every single week you'll probably hear me say I'm, I'm still in my 20s until I, I can't say it anymore. Yeah. But that's an amazing achievement. And so you've been in the game, what, nine, ten years? And this will be your seventh Olympia or eighth? Um, I did skip one. Um, 2019, two, right? 2019, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... um. Every year that I've actually competed and tried, I've, I've been. And uh, yeah, it's been, I've been bodybuilding since 2013. That was my first show. Uh, turned pro in 2014. So um, coming up on a, a decade as a, as a pro pretty soon. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. That is exciting. Yeah. Think about it. And being a young bodybuilder turning pro at 21, you must have started weightlifting well before that. Where did it all, where did it all start? Um... I started weightlifting. My mom was dating this guy, and um, he had a little home gym. So when we would go visit, I didn't have anything else to do. So I would go work out, and um, I didn't really gain a whole bunch of muscle. <laughs> but I got more tone. I got. I guess I did gain some muscle because I, I got a little bit more defined, but I was still very, very thin. And, um, you know, football kind of took over, so I kind of stopped training as much. But I got back into it after I joined the military. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how old were you when you started training then? What age was that? Um, the first time I picked up some weights was when I was around 13, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty young to be expecting to grow some muscle, but <laughs> great that you got into it at that age and, yeah. and started to see progress. And obviously you have a thirst for sport and activity. Like you said, you played football as well. So tell us about the military. When did you join the Royal um, Forces? Yeah. So I, I graduated early from, from high school and uh, my mom was like, you're not going to sit at home so, you know, you can go to college or you can join the military um, because I was in like the they call it ROTC, uh, like a military class that you take. And so I was like, I'll join the military. I, I am exhausted with school. So I joined the military at 17 and joined the Air Force in the hopes of like doing special forces. Uh, I made it pretty far. Um, I had a month left before I would have graduated, but um, I ended up, they called washing out, not making it through. And then they gave me uh, a different job, electronic warfare. Okay. And what was the reason for you washing out or not making the cut, so to speak? 
Um, so there is this week, uh, they call it, uh, FTX or, or the field training exercise. And you go out for, in the woods for a week and you do it. You basically, everything you've learned up until that point, you have to implement. So like, um, navigating from, you know, one point to another in the woods, um, not being too loud, um, so like learn like going over like radio theory. So like sometimes like if you're close to like a power line or like if there's something going on, you have to be able to learn how to use your radio, proper radio communication, proper like tactics when like there's an enemy around. So so like stealth commander stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. So all that type of stuff. And um, like Call of Duty, but like in real life. <laughs> honestly, that's what I tell people. I was like, yo, I was a 70 year old kid. I played Call of Duty, and that's why I did it. You know. Um, but like you, you get old, you like you get into it, and he's like, "Oh, this is not Call of Duty. This, this shit actually <laughs> this is hurts. actually real. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun at all." Um, but I end up watching out because there's only so many mistakes you can make while you're out there, and um, I end up making too many. So like, I think the 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 big one was the whole group of us was too loud going out there. So that was a mark against everybody. Um, the second mark was. I fell asleep at one of my points. So I made it. Um, the crazy thing is, so like when you're out there a week, they say, oh yeah, you, you can get six hours of sleep each night. But the caveat is you get six hours once everyone's made it back to camp. And no one ever, no one always, no one, not everyone ever, ever makes it back. So you're up, you maybe get like an hour of sleep a night um, because um, one, one you, you're broken into four men. There's four, okay, let me backtrack. You go out there with a four, uh, a group of forty, and you, they split you into four man teams, and so uh, one person from that four man team is always awake, while the other three are sleeping, and yeah. you rotate like so, on watch type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you don't get much sleep at all while you're out there. So um, that was me. I, I made it to my point, you know, yay, and then I'm waiting to be picked up by the instructors, and I just passed out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wake up. So that was strike number two. And then strike number three was I ended up failing a um, an, uh, navigation in like a Humvee. And so I had to retake it. I ended up passing it. But I had left the mark on my paper, uh, my map. And that's one of the things they check for too is like every time you, you do a new mission, you're supposed to reset everything, clean everything and... Yeah. So really specific and obviously militant. You're in the military. Yeah, yeah. What did you learn about that experience that time you were there? You were there from what, 17 to um, 20? Well, for that type of training, just um, six months, but in the military, six years. Wow. Um, from that experience within itself, I learned that I'm way stronger than what I thought I was. Like, it sucked. Like, I, they definitely pushed me very hard. That training isn't meant to make you better. It's meant... To, to see how far you can push yourself. Like I acted, I actually got worse physically the longer I was in that program because they just beat you down. But um, definitely mental fortitude and it helped me a lot with bodybuilding for sure. Um, bodybuilding is definitely very difficult, but like the, the things I've learned about myself from that experience is carried over, you know, very, very well. Can you think of any experiences that were really mentally tough that you can think back and think, gosh, that, that was a really hard tasks that we have to do um yeah bearing in mind you've got prep brain right now and you're a week out apologies (laughs) no there's a lot yeah i mean there was there was different instances like where 
Um, that week in particular is hard just because there's the, the lack of sleep. Um, and depending on what time of year you go, it can be really bad. So we went like early spring. So it would rain a lot. And then so my clothes would get soaked. And then at nighttime, it would be, it would get down to like the 20s or 30s um, Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is, Celsius, but I would be freezing at night in just a dirt hole, you know. Uh, that would be very, that would probably be the hardest part uh, mm. of that whole experience, just sleeping in the rain, sleeping in wet clothes. Um, outside of that, just, I wasn't very good at the long distance running. Mm -hmm. I'm good at sprinting. I'm good at like, obviously, you know, us being bodybuilders, we have all that fast switch muscle. Um, but all that endurance stuff was not my forte <laughs> at all. So just, and it's, it's very much mental. Like I, I could keep going and I kept going, but I definitely, it definitely wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up with like tons of shin splints and like. I remember physically like it would it would it would hurt to like stand up and I'm like 18 years old. Yeah. I'm like I feel better now <laughs> than I did then. Yeah. <laughs> going through that process. Um the only other thing I have is was pretty funny. This this kid, I'll never forget his name, Volatham. Uh every single morning you meet up on like in this sand pit and everyone's supposed to have everything in the same spot, tied down the same way you know, done properly. This kid did not fill up his water bottle and did not tie it down. So the instructors found out and gave him a 50 gallon jerry can to carry around just to show him the importance of water. And so 50 <laughs> gallons. Yes, it's insane. Insane. How much does that weigh? Actually, like, I'll take it. I'm okay. sorry. 50 liter. There okay. we go. That's Still a lot, but like still a little bit, a little bit more manageable than fifty gallons. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Shit. but yeah, so fifty liter. <laughs> so like he, he, you know, he has to carry this for a week, and you know, you see him struggling, and then uh, later, like three, four days later, we're running, and then they find out he didn't fill up the jerry can. So instead of punishing him this time, they punish the rest of us, and the way they punish us is at like one a.m. in the morning. They wake us all up, tell us to get dressed, go into the uh, the front yard, and uh, they make us exercise and they just spray water in our face oh for like gosh. two hours straight while we do push-ups, sit-ups, all types of crazy. Oh, because you were his teammates. Yep. And then he just, and the, the, I think this is brilliant. <laughs> and the funny thing was we're all exercising and he's just standing in the middle holding like a... Um, 16 ounce water bottle like a 250 milliliter water bottle and he just stands there while we actually do all the work he had to do none of it he didn't do anything and i'm like that's brilliant for the instructors to do something like that <laughs> so that was that though that was yeah i'll never forget that one that was fun but being in the military taught you a lot of mental and physical strength as you just said and mm -hmm. comparing that to bodybuilding you say it doesn't even come close do you think that's why you find bodybuilding not easy, but easier than most people would. Like you've always come across as a very calm, collected, composed individual. You'd never, in my opinion, seem stressed at all, even on a prep that might be hard. Do you think that comes from that mental resilience and strength that you built in the military? Um, definitely, that definitely played a part. But even um, younger than that, my mom played a big part in it too. Um, we ate pretty healthy, like, you know, and I, <laughs> Looking back at it, I remember she would a lot of times we would have those we would have grilled chicken from a George Foreman. She would cook stuff like that. 
we only time I had sodas in the house is when my grandma came to visit. So it was either water or juice. Um, you know, we ate steamed broccoli, sweet, you know, so like a lot of things, like I feel like a lot of my life was kind of leading to this point mm. where um, obviously she wasn't as strict as a bodybuilder, but I kind of got those healthy food habits, you know, really young. Um, the military helped me ingrain, like the military helped me with like discipline and like pushing through hard times and things like that. And I imagine structure and routine as well. Structure and routine for sure. You know, what's funny. Um, it, bodybuilding in the military was easier than the first few months of bodybuilding once I got out. Like losing that structure was very difficult to like learn how to like uh, to plan my day and do things, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because in the military, obviously, you've got a strict schedule that you're told to do. You have mm -hmm. to uh, report to people. Whereas and if you don't eat at that time, then you don't eat at all, you know what I mean? Like, but when I'm like at home working for myself, I was like, oh, I eat whenever, oh, I'll get up whenever. You know, type deal. Yeah. So you started really getting into weight training then when you left the military? No, I I um, I did two Olympias. Uh, well, while still there? Basically two preps while, yeah. Um, the last one, 2017, I got out maybe two weeks before okay. the show. And how was that then? How would you compare those preps during your military time to, to now? Um, those are definitely harder. I, I don't know how I'd like, I feel like these days I couldn't go back and do it. <laughs> like getting up at like 4am and, uh, I mean, it's funny cause like, this is what most people do now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of professional bodybuilders would complain and say how hard their life is. And I'm like, bro, like, do you realize every amateur does what you yeah. do plus a full time job? Yeah. And some <laughs> but, of them have families as well. And a family. Mm -hmm. I was like, whew. And, um, but yeah, get up, you know, getting up at like 4am doing my cardio. Um, I'll forget the question. <laughs> but it, yeah. But basically that structure and routine that you had in the military taught you that, you know, those preps moving forward can be more organized. You, they felt a lot easier. Oh, okay. Because, I you, yeah. and, and I was similar, like as an amateur, I remember my first lot of competitions, I was working full time as a teacher. So it was up at 4am, do my cardio, teach all day in school, sometimes parents evening, mm -hmm. coming back in the evening, meeting hubby at the gym, doing my training session, post-workout cardio home prep all your meals and then start again <laughs> he's it's like i like, don't know how i did it yeah but oh but yeah it was it was definitely hard i remember like the last couple of weeks not last couple of weeks but the last week or so i was still at work i would like i would get so tired like i would just go sit in the bathroom and like rest for like 10 minutes you know like because <laughs> i was like i can't stand up and i can't stand up anymore i need like a, a, a little bit of a break you know mm. um yeah, yeah. <laughs> really tough. So obviously you've been in the game, like I said, a good nine, ten years. How would you say things have progressed in your career in terms of your development of your physique from like the first Olympia to, let's say, last year or leading into this year's one? You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, like how classic has evolved over the years. Um, I always like to joke, um, nobody, no physique from that first Olympia would probably even when like their pro cars these yeah. days is it, it continues and continues to um improve you know class physique and it's, it's really cool to see and like again not not many of us from that first um uh, olympia are still like competitive today i mean it's, it's myself brian and uh robert Timms are like the literally the only three that mm -hmm. could still still have the ability to win a pro show and um no, it's, it's been really cool, even to the point of where, like, the respect we've gotten over the years, like, 
they didn't even have a film crew for the first class of Zeke Olympia. It was a pain in the butt to find like a video of myself from that yeah. Olympia. I, I think it's just a cell phone video. Yeah. You know, I've and seen it, photos where it's just you guys backstage. Like that was yeah. the only photo you had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I rem- it was, I kind of preferred it because I like shows to be kind of done sometimes. But like yeah. the show was set up where like we competed, um, we took a two hour break and then we did finals and that was it. On the, all on the expo stage. Nowadays, you know, we're on the big stage yeah. and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, and then were you self-coached for the first two or did you have a coach throughout all of them? Because obviously your coaches have changed over the years and you've mm-hmm. worked with many individuals to develop your, your training and obviously your prep coaching specifically. Um, and obviously you're, you're well known for working with Joe Bennett currently mm-hmm. for training program and John Meadows back in the time and, and Hyacin is your coach now for prep. Yeah. What about at the start of your, your bodybuilding career and those earlier Olympias? Um, well, the very start was like this bodybuilding couple, um, John and Heather Blatt's out of Gold's Gym in Fort Walton Beach. And um, uh, they coached me for my first show. And then I moved on to a guy named Caleb Weatherington. And uh, he helped me get my pro card. Uh, but Caleb, I love Caleb because he was very honest. Um, he was just a local guy. And he was like, yo, man, if you find someone, you know, I guess better than him in coaching, then he said, you should go, you know, cause I, you know, um, he's like, I believe in you. I think you have a lot of potential and mm. I'm still like learning. And I'm like, you wanted okay. what was best for you. He could see your yeah. potential. That's and great. that's not always the case. You've d- I've seen tons of coaches like grasp onto a person and then don't, and then they actually hold them back, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. so that takes a lot of like, um, love and like, you know, for someone to do something like that. Um, but after, that I ended up working with Matt Porter for, um, yeah, I think uh, 2016, 17, and 18 mm-hmm. before he passed. And then John and now Yassin. Yeah. And what would you say was some of the things that you learned the most from those coaches over the years? Like, what did they teach you that you weren't already doing that you were like, this is a game changer? And like, it really developed your physique or your approach to a prep? Uh, I actually really liked working with Matt because I think he was a good first person to work with because he was very strict, like no cheat meals on prep. Like, and if I did have like a cheat meal, it would be specifically what he wanted it to be. Um, it's like not, it wasn't just like, Oh, have a free meal. It was like, he was very much into like eating Subway sandwiches. <laughs> so, Subway sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. I like, honestly, he was, he was, I really, I really, um, Loved working with him and um, I had a lot of fun those years. And um, he was, I don't think he was the best with training, um, but he was very, very smart. He was very brilliant and ahead of his time with a lot of different things. And I like to say that if he would have been around a little bit longer, he would have kind of reached that level John Meadows had reached, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, then I moved on to John and uh, John was way more laxed. Like I remember my first prep, um, I think we, well, yeah. Yeah, my first prep with him was Niagara Falls and the second was the Arnold. And I remember those preps. I'm like, he's just like, oh, just eat what you normally eat. You know, like, we've been like, so like with Matt, it was a whole process Pete week. You're going to eat this differently. You're going to go to Starbucks and have that coffee cake. You're going to get, you know, this thing. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But John is like, you know, two weeks out, I was eating like cream of rice, two whole eggs and, you know, chicken. On the day of the show, cream of rice, two all eggs, and chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and honestly, it was 
peaceful. I loved it. I was like, okay, this is easy. You know, I just eat what I normally eat. And uh, yeah, it was surprisingly how simple he he did things and how relaxed he was with like, uh, like I was like, oh, you know, I'm eating this. And he's like, okay, you can keep, keep eating that or, you know, um, way, very different approaches, <laughs> very different approaches. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely liked them both. In terms of like uh, Joe, Joe, mm-hmm. everyone gets so confused all the time on the internet. Like they think Joe does like nutrition and everything. And I'm like, yeah. he doesn't. He just does work training. I have to explain it every every single time. But Joe reached out to me after uh, my win in Tampa in 2016. Mm. And I, I actually really liked the way he he approached it. He just shot me a message and said, hey, congrats on your win. I saw you on stage. Um, I took a look at your social media and I see some areas where you can improve. And so um, I was 20 two at the time I think so yeah 22 and I was very honest with myself I was like I don't know what I'm doing you know (laughs) so (laughs) it's like this guy seems like he's smart so let me go (laughs) figure out what's going you know what's happening and um especially because um you know I turned pro in 2014 and um 2015 there was no classic I was trying to do 212 and um I did the Tampa pro and had only gained three or four pounds. So I was like, I'm not doing something right, you know? Mm. So I would drive, I think it was like six or seven hours once wow. a month to go to learn from him and train with him. And um, it definitely made the biggest difference, um, you know, in my in my pro career is learning how to train properly. Yeah. And what would you say are the biggest changes that you made to your training that you feel developed your physique and things that you continue to do now ongoing? It's, it's, it was very simple stuff. Like one is like learning how to tra- train to failure. Um, the other thing was like tracking your weights, logging your reps. Do you have a logbook? Um, yeah, yeah, a logbook. No um, I actually prefer a logbook because I, 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 the apps sometimes I like, I don't want to be on my phone because I'm like Same. very tempted. Same. Yeah. And... I think, I mean, I've learned a lot, obviously, like exercise selection, things like that. Mm-hmm. Execution is important. Um, but if people can get those uh, first two things down, I think those are the most important two things. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that you share, obviously, with your clients. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. You have, obviously, I Need in Coaching, which you launched, I think, last year, was it? In yeah. the lead up to your Olympia prep? Yep. Not a good timer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, start a business while someone prepped for the Olympia. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So tell us about that. What was the thought process behind that? And, and how is that working at the minute with regards to you coaching, other coaches on board? You've got a whole like posing area as well. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going pretty good. Um, so I worked for Fit Body Fusion for a while and um, they are huge. Um, mm. They might be the largest team like there is. Like there was 3,000 different athletes. By the time I left, there was 38 coaches wow um but a couple different things one i i just wanted to have my own thing like when i joined before i joined i wanted to start my own coaching um company but i had no clue how to start so um i didn't have any help didn't know where to go so i decided to work with them and then um two i i just wanted to take things in a different direction 
um, the way they chose their coach was a little bit different than how I wanted to like choose coaches for for myself and be associated with. So um, I started Iron Eden and um, yeah, it's been going pretty good. We have five total coaches, um, me, myself, <laughs> me, my wife, <laughs> me, myself and, and I. I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, okay. I know, right? <laughs> that brain's fine. Uh, me, my wife, Tiff. Jarek, Alan, and Aaron um, right now. And then we have the posing coach, Chris. Mm. And Chris is is doing, he's killing it. Like, I'm really proud of him. I'm yeah. surprised you're not the head posing coach. Seeing as you have such a passion for posing and arguably one of the best posers <laughs> in the world. I'm just going to say it. I uh, I burned myself out with, with coaching. Mm. Um, I did it because I did it for years. I did it, um, I think I finally stopped in like 2020 mm-hmm. doing it. Um, I do it occasionally, um, but very, very rare. Um, but yeah, I, I, I burnt myself out yeah. <laughs> really, really bad. And I just wanted to have like that creativity for myself. Mm. Um, I kind of feel like he's getting, like I see some of his posts sometimes. I feel like he might be feeling that a little bit. Yeah, It's tough. That's why I respect uh, Kenny so much. I'm like, but Kenny doesn't do a lot of like the routines and things. Kenny yeah. just does the mandatories and I can see how you can last a bit longer that way i even had a conversation with him about it about how he's just you know how do you like continue to enjoy you know doing this for for so long and he just says he gives himself different goals like once he feels like one thing's not working for him then he'll he'll try to like he'll just change his goal yeah you know why he's doing it yeah mm-hmm. so you've got more of a passion for coaching the individuals i'm assuming it would be athletes that you're coaching or do you have lifestyle clients on the team as well that's managed by other coaches um i have a bit of um athletes and lifestyle but i really want to just more so focus on athletes Mm -hmm. um moving forward um same with tiff and uh so we're restructuring things quite a bit um even to the point where i've been doing a lot more of just the nutrition and supplements and then uh, coach allen's been doing a lot of the the training for my clients and um i thought we figured that'll be kind of like a better system where um what's the word i'm looking for we can focus more in and give them more attention to like certain aspects yeah. of their preps um i, I know like cameron and, and nick gloff do that and they've said it worked really well so um we st- i started doing that maybe a month ago and it's been really cool um making that work you know uh it's it's the hard part is like <clears throat> with running a culture business where i'm with with who i am and where i'm at is um that might be different from like let's say Callum because I respect Callum mm-hmm. a lot is people sometimes just want to work with me because I'm like a professional athlete and, you yeah. know things like that and it's a little difficult sometimes to get them to work with other coaches do you and, have like an interview process then <clears throat> yeah, yeah yeah like an yeah. onboarding kind of interview process to see you know are these legit clients or just super fans and uh yeah. have they got the potential and and kind of the means to be able to pursue this seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even then, there's like there's certain athletes, and I'm like, these coaches know as they know as much as me. They just Allen in particular, I was like, he just doesn't have my parents. You know, he's mm. he's gone. He's actually taught some of the courses that I've gone to learn from. So he, <laughs> in some aspects, he's better than me at certain things. You know, um, but getting people to understand that can be a bit a bit tough mm. sometimes. But uh, we've gotten a little bit better at it, yeah. 
but even managing the business itself you know you've got yeah. five coaches and you know it's your baby it's your business mm -hmm. that must take a lot of kind of team meetings and and things like that and while you're on the course of your own prep that's quite challenging <laughs> mentally yeah it is it is uh last year was definitely a learning process with with trying to manage that and learn learning what i can and can't like handle um do you when, have a pa or anybody else that can support mm -hmm. you yeah now i do with yeah. the admin stuff yeah, yeah. We, we hired, I hired one, um, I hired one, yeah, <laughs> after the show, I think in Feb January, February after the show. Um, I enjoy it a lot. Like, I really do enjoy, like, I enjoy, like, managing things and building things. Like, I love making the websites. I love, like, telling the coaches, like, okay, here, this is where you're doing well with social media. This is how, like, you can improve with, like, your coaching and, like, setting them up with courses. Mm -hmm. I actually love that a lot. Like... I've only had the military. Um, it's the only time I've worked for anybody. Like, I've never had like a normal job <laughs> outside of the military, and the military is not super normal either. Um, and the cool thing too is like in the military, even though there's a lot of structure, the the, the thing that they do very well is they give people responsibility very mm. very young. You know, so when I was like you know 19 years old, I had. Uh, different duties I had to take care of myself, different things I had to lead. And uh, when I was like 22, I had people under me. I had to like make sure they were doing mm -hmm. their things properly, going to training. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's like, I joke. I was like, if if I were like to retire, another thing I would like to do is like what, um, what's the guy's name? Manager Matt does. Yeah. Yeah, like helping athletes get like, contracts and like managing them and make sure they're doing all right nice yeah. and you mentioned um tiff's one of your coaches so tell us about tiff how that relationship started where you guys met you're obviously married but living kind of separate lives at the minute because obviously yeah. you're here in dubai and you spend a lot of time apart so this is the first time yeah we've been apart um well i was in dubai not like a, a month ago for like a week but um this is like yeah first time like being apart since we've been um uh, since she moved in. Uh, yeah, we met on, <laughs> I just slid into her DMs like forever Did ago. Did you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she lived in Cyprus. There's no way I was gonna see her in person. And um, we met for the first time, I think, um, a year and a half ago um, here in Dubai. We, met, we first met here in Dubai. Um, but you've been speaking the entire time. Yeah, 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 we we uh we've been talking for maybe two years, I think two years mm. now. But um yeah, first time we met was in Dubai. No, I take that back. I'm starting to lose track now. Didn't you propose in Dubai? I proposed in Dubai. I remember this. First time yeah. we met was in Cyprus. I flew to see her and I met her parents. I was like, oh my God. Uh everything. <laughs> That's quite an yeah, introduction. Yeah, yeah. I got sick, <laughs> couldn't leave. It's a little embarrassing. Um, I drank the water. Uh, oh, no, you don't do that. You don't do that in Europe. You don't drink the tap water. You know what's funny? Because she drank it and she's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, all right. But she's probably, you you know, obviously she's from there. So, um, yeah, so we, yeah, yeah. And then so met, we met in Cyprus. Then we met here in Dubai. And that's where I got proposed. I proposed to her. And then I saw her one more time in Romania where she got a pro card. And then she moved in, yeah, pretty we pretty quick, pretty fast, honestly. That was that happened in all 
in a year, I believe, yeah. within a year. Yeah, yeah. But when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you're both off to the Olympia. It's insane. Yeah, the, the how much she's grown in, in like the short amount of time is is pretty, pretty insane in like all aspects of her life. Like obviously like physique wise it's, it's been a like, insane it really is like i haven't like i've been seeing the photos she's posted i'm like you didn't look like that when i when i <laughs> left and you yeah uh so i'm ex I'm, I'm nervous but i'm excited to see how she does at the show mm -hmm. um even like you know when she moved in with me she had never worked a, a real job and now she's coaching people and um she has about 50 clients and um the way she meant like i'm i'm honestly shocked on how well she's done like managing the clients and doing different things like that uh and how well she's she's taken to it um you know i had her go through a lot of courses beforehand mm -hmm. uh we did like she did like the john jewett courses we did a mentorship with uh with da darian bates who's out in australia yep. she's mm -hmm. with physique collective um so she did a lot of like training beforehand and she picked it up like really quickly like um but yeah, super, super proud. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And how do you manage that kind of work-life balance? So working together, living together, prepping together. Most people would think that's crazy. Like, how do you manage that? <laughs> no, it is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, it really has been a little hard um, to be, to be quite honest and transparent. Um, that's part Especially of the Especially as a newly married couple, like even married life to start is, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely was. So um, to be transparent, like, yeah, like her being there at last Olympia was not a great experience and that caused a lot of issues. And um, it took us a while to kind of figure out and talk about it and, and, and get things back on track. And um, going into this Olympia and this show, we had a better understanding and like, that's why she was very okay with me coming out here a little bit early so I could focus on this prep. Um, so, you know, that was very, I didn't, you know, most people wouldn't uh, no. do something yeah. like that. A lot of husband to leave for like a month almost, <laughs> you know, to do a show, but, um, super supportive. And, um, even, even to the point like of, of having to figure that out. Cause yeah, like we're, we have like two separate offices now. Mm -hmm. So like, we're just not like on top of each other all the time. Um, we have two separate offices. When we go to the Olympia, we'll stay in two separate rooms. Mm. And then after the show, we'll meet up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I definitely think this year we've had a lot more understanding and we, we're a lot more like, okay, let's let's do what we need to do to get our like reach our goals. We know we have each other, we know we love each other, and um, you know, we'll meet up like after the show, mm -hmm. you know. Or even finding like more times of like setting rules for ourselves like okay yeah. let's let's start working at this time let's go out on these days and you just, you it's know. having boundaries and kind mm -hmm. of compartmentalizing things like my husband and i have to do that as well yeah. you know we, we run two different businesses we're both bodybuilders but you have to find that shut off point from work and when is it yeah. us time and, and that and that can be very hard to navigate because this industry it is all in you know for and sure. you're both you both have a very uh, high profile status on 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 social media you know you have a presence and yeah. that can impact a lot of things like keeping on top of instagram and youtube and but yeah. yeah and we're like at the same time like we're working separately offices but like we've also um talked about like okay like how can we like do things 
together that also include work. So like we've been looking for like a sponsorship for where we can be on the team together. So like if we need to do an event, we can go together, nice. do things like that, um, helping each other with social media a little bit more. Mm. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird. It's just finding out what works, I guess. Yeah. 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 You have to train each other. I have to train my husband to take my photos. <laughs> oh yeah, because I'm yeah, because I've been. But doing babe, for, do it again. No, 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 do that one again. <laughs> That's not quite right. Yeah, I think it took her like because and it, we were very two different points. Where mm. like I've been in like like you said, I've been in the sport for ten years, yeah. and she was just not getting into it. So like me understanding like okay, this is what you need to do. This is how it works, and like her still like trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And not wanting to listen a little bit, you know, so. You try and give some direction. It's like, okay, am I husband or am I trying yeah. to coach you here? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. I do want to get onto some questions that have come through from Instagram and had some really good ones, actually, that we can dive into. Yeah. But I'm curious, what are the goals now moving forward? So you got Legion in a few days' time. You're flying out to the States. Mm-hmm. The goal is to obviously go and get that win and top up your wins on your, yeah, uh, yeah. On your leaderboard. <laughs> And then after that, any other shows? That's the last one, isn't that's it? That's the last one, yeah. yeah. And then obviously the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's you and Seabum uh, up against each other again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there with that one. But uh, yeah, so some questions that I had through, I had quite a few, but I'm just going to touch on these ones because I think these would be great for people to hear your opinion of, okay. specifically with bodybuilding. So do you think that you, <laughs> this is a Seabum one, I'm afraid, right. but do you think you'd be as good a bodybuilder if Seabum wasn't around and vice versa, does that rivalry and competition make you both better bodybuilders? I thought that was a great question. No, I think it is. I think in terms of bodybuilding, I don't think you would play that big a part, but Chris has definitely pushed me a lot to like do more with like um, business wise. Like he is by far mm. obviously like the best who's ever done it in terms of business. And that motivates me a lot like to do more, be better, um, make better deals. They don't always work out, but mm. um, pushing me in that sense has been really, really awesome. You know, I respect him a lot with everything he's been able to do. Mm. And you even mentioned this on your YouTube. Like you talked about the fact you were going to do France, but then came to Dubai because actually, well, it makes sense. There's there's more prize money. My mm-hmm. sponsors match it. And you've you've talked openly on YouTube about having to take a step back and really think about what you're doing to to progress that as well, mm-hmm. you know, that you want to be able to to reach the pinnacle of what you're doing on social media. And it's, you know, it, it takes time, assessment, investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning that has, has been difficult. Um, what would you prefer? Do you prefer the camera on you with the videographer or do you prefer vlogging yourself? I like a bit of both. I like, I like this new balance that I have with it. Like, you know, me and Daniel work together like nonstop, like, for I think three years, like there were some points where he would film me every single day. And um, I noticed that I like to have control <laughs> of things. It's good and bad, I guess, yeah. you know, I noticed that about myself. So um, I definitely like a bit of both where I can like sit down and talk about what I want to talk about. Because mm. even to the point of seeing him work, now I understand like, he can't have the camera on me all day or know when I'm going to say something or when I want to do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And if he was filming me all day, that would be like hell like uh, to like edit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uncomfortable for you. Sometimes it's a case of something yeah. comes into your mind and you have a moment, a thought, a reflection, and you're like, this is a perfect time to pick up the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's getting comfortable with that. You are quite a philosophical person. Am I right? I, I, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say so, yeah. Like I said before, you're very calm, collected and very stoic in your uh, uh, command. And the next question I wanted to ask is, how have you seen the division change since you started? 
and the dynamics of bodybuilding, you know, classic now being the forefront. And we briefly mm -hmm. touched on this. I think it's, it's grown a lot. I, I personally, um, I could be wrong. There's so I, I've had the privilege, like I've tried very hard to do a lot with for Class Physique, where I've, I've met up with Jermaine before I had meetings. I met up with uh, Jake Wood to talk mm -hmm. about certain things about how we can make it better. They don't always listen. They honestly almost never listen. But you know, I've flown there with my own money to to, mm. to like pitch ideas to them about like how Class Physique guys can make more money through like apps and different things or just lots of different you know different things. So. Um, I think it's been pretty cool to see how, how much classic is classic has taken off. And I would argue like classic may be getting to a point where we're more popular. Like the conversation I had with Jake Wood was classic. We have more fans, but our fan base is younger, so they don't have as much money. Exactly. So there's going to be a tipping point sometime mm -hmm. soon where we're like actually maybe making more than we should be making more than bodybuilder. I don't think it will be just because the prestige and like the legacy of bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. I don't. I like, and they don't. They don't track any numbers. So like, but personally, I I think that if you were to very soon track like ticket sales and different things like that, viewership, you might find that classic is really getting close to bodybuilding mm -hmm. in terms of that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And you definitely had an impact yourself being one of the longest in the game since it came, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially with posing and your, your physique but winning all of those shows. <laughs> um, the third question, kind of similar, actually. It was, you've basically touched on it, but do you think that the popularity of Classic should be reflected in the prize money? 100%. I, but it's, it's very, I think, so at the Olympia, at the Arnold, I think it's getting to the point, like, I remember that first Arnold I won, it was, it was, oh, wait, was it? I got less than... Bikini, I got less than, I, I, I didn't get much at all. Uh, it was like five or 6,000. And then the next year they upped it to like 60. So that was, you know, very, very awesome um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to see. I do think, I don't know, I, I do think pro shows should make more. But I do understand from a business perspective, like the average pro show doesn't sell out. It doesn't make any money. Mm. But I still think I still think we should get more than 2K because 2K is just enough to fly there and have your hotel room. Barely covers the cost uh, of the show. It barely covers the cost of the show. I would say at a minimum, 5K would be a, a decent range. Mm. Um, I mean, bodybuilders are getting, you know, 10. I think bikini at the show I'm doing is getting six. I don't know if that's standard across the board, but um, I think 2K, because it's been 2K since, I, since, the, since the beginning. Mm. And I definitely don't think that should be the case yeah and i know I'm, I'm going on for a while here but i do think so, so i've been getting a lot of questions about why am i doing legion and i noticed that specifically in classic we don't compete that often mm. you know men's physique bikini even bodybuilders can be yeah, more often on several average. times mm -hmm. yeah um and i think a huge deal is probably the prize money like what's the point in doing multiple shows if it's going to cost me more to travel to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting um, point to talk also about those kind of young aspiring bodybuilders that are coming through the ranks. I think people have a misconception that bodybuilders get a lot of money. Like it's a great sport to go into and you get paid a lot, which is not the case. You actually pay no. for an awful lot yeah. yourselves. 
you know, unless you've got good sponsorship deals or you've got, like you said, other businesses and things that you're working on, you know, bodybuilding in terms of longevity, in terms of earning money from it has to come through other means and you using mm. that as your passion to develop another business. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I am envious of like the old school bodybuilders where all they did was like, they would get their muscular development and Joe Rita sponsorship, you know, make six figures and chill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was, that had to be the life uh, for sure. And Nowadays you have to learn how to be a videographer, be a script yeah. writer, be everything under the sun, you know? You compare it to other sports like American football or even English football, mm -hmm. footballers, what they, what they earn, it's insane. It and it is. doesn't, it's not the same in bodybuilding. But I don't know if the tables will ever turn with that one. But um, yeah, I have two final questions for you, which are my closing questions for my podcast. Okay. And the first one is, what would you say over your life in bodybuilding, your career so far, what have been some of the biggest mindset shifts for you? Where have there been moments where your mindset shifted and it's really had an impact on how things have developed for you? The first one was after my first show. I uh, I went into that show super cocky, super confident. No way. <laughs> I was like um, looking at Cody Montgomery because he was like the 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 like the best teenager in the division. Uh, and I was like, I'm gonna win this show. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go compete against Cody Montgomery, and I'm gonna be. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even one. I, I didn't win any class. I didn't win the teenager division. I didn't win the. I, I placed dead last in the lightweight division in bodybuilding. So um, that humbled me a lot, and that taught me like, don't focus in on a person. You focus on like being your best that day, and. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I never set like one person in my sights again after that mm -hmm. moment. <laughs> um, another mindset set, mindset shift might have been. I don't know. That was probably the biggest. Um, ah, another one. I after Matt passed, it, it took like there was a lot going on. He passed away. Um, I was literally. The day after he passed away, I moved out of my, the apartment with my ex-wife. Um, I didn't have anywhere to go or anything at that point. That was 2018, I believe. And um, I was trying to figure things out. And then I remember, like, like I wasn't focusing on social media or anything like that. And, like, for a normal person, yeah, don't focus on social media. But as a bodybuilder, that's kind of, like, your job, you mm -hmm. know, I had sponsorships and they pay me to post on there. And mm -hmm. if you don't, it's an issue, you know? So, um, I remember I started to get my life back on track and I was at this event with, uh, Kai Green and his, um, manager. And I remember his manager was like, Hey man, we were looking at doing some content with you, but you kind of like fell off. And I'm like, yeah, I had this going on, this going on, that going on. And he's like, he's like, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, at the end of the day, no one cares what you're going through. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, at first it kind of caught me off guard. But then I'm like, that is true. Like, I mean, like, obviously you're going to have some people who actually care. But, like, at the end of the day, you have to, like, pick yourself up and, like, and, and like um, push through those hard times. Because if you don't, then I like to say you'll end up homeless. And I don't want to be homeless, you mm. know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to remind yourself that you have to show up for yourself you in really all do. aspects of life. Mm -hmm. And like you said, 
everybody goes through hard times. Everybody, yeah. Everybody does. And nobody's indifferent to that. So I think, you know, understanding that no matter what you're going through, either somebody else is going through worse or you've been through worse yourself and you can push sure. through is definitely something that you can take forward. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Honestly. Oh, it's felt it was, quick. It's gone so fast. It really has. Okay. But I, I appreciate it. And like I said, I know that you are literally a couple of days out from flying, but taking the time to come here, I think it's been awesome. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what the viewers and the audience think of this podcast. So yeah, yeah. thanks very much. No problem. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all of the good things. Drop a comment down below. Obviously go and head over and follow Terence if you're not already and you've been living under a planet for the last... Uh, <laughs> Living under a planet, living under a rock for the last nine years. It's catching. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I got so carried away. The final question that I had for you, which I want to ask all my guests, is what legacy would you like to leave behind with regards to bodybuilding or, you know, how people remember you? You know, obviously, like, I know part of it's going to be posing. And, you know, that's that's definitely amazing, you know, to, um, to be up there with, like, the greats, like, Lila Brada, Muhammad Makawi, but... Um, there was a point where I was bodybuilding and I didn't know, really I didn't know why I was continuing. And the why I found was I want to show people, actually what I want my legacy to be is to show people like anything is possible if you have enough grit or enough consistency. Like personally, I believe that there's a lot of people out there more genetically gifted than me, but mentally they fall by the wayside, you know? They can't they can't get their mindset right. And I think that hopefully my life and my legacy and my journey shows people that if you can stick to something that almost anything is possible, you know? So I agree. I yeah, think that's perfect. Yeah. And I'm sorry I missed that question out. Because <laughs> it's such a good answer as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely put that one in the reel. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs>